0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Is It Peak? Today, we are discussing Season 6, Episode 11 of Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad. I'm your host, Marcus, and joining me for this episode is the number one Jeff fan, again, Johnny Cooper.
1: Is that so?
0: We also have Imperfect Dan. Who's Lalo? And we have
2: Rez. Hey, uh, I'd like to say that I'm the number one Buddy fan. Buddy versus Jeff, who wins? Buddy
1: buddy he's followers. pretty
2: tall yeah
0: jeff's like three feet tall well before we go any further we need to shout out the hn films patrons so special thanks to our ultimate fan boys plural fartsom and ben and Taryn bailey i don't know why that that's that's the name to have and our epic fanboy rhombus so shout out to those three wonderful people all right so what are our initial thoughts on the long-awaited uh breaking bad kind of episode
3: Probably the best type of uh use of the title or best
1: use of breaking bad stuff absolutely, yeah. you know they had breaking bad stuff and then they had a uh, you know um gene uh Jeff and buddy you know breaking bad more more so gene you know a lot of parallels to what was happening with breaking bad yeah buddy was doing a bit of breaking good at the end there. I really enjoyed the
2: episode the first time I watched it, but uh it was pretty depressing and I gotta give uh props to Dan because he was kind of right about a few predictions last week where he said that Marion and Jeff would be, you know, part of a multi episode archetype thing. And also how he predicted that, you know, Gene would eventually break bad and turn into Saul Goodman again, which I was pretty against, you know, based on some uh visual cues from last episode same yeah and it was a it was pretty depressing watching this for the first time because you're kind of seeing someone that has historically been making multiple bad decisions in the past you know we're seeing their uprising into who he is and breaking bad and i kind of held out hope for him to turn over a new leaf i guess mm-hmm. maybe with the prospect of finding kim he would try to stay clean but uh he kind of went the complete opposite way and uh Just became ruthless again, I guess. In this regard, just became Saul Goodman again. Well, I don't know. There are still two episodes left. Anything could
3: happen. This is probably the best Gene stuff we've gotten. A lot of good directions Mm -hmm. they took with him. Probably the most inhumane he's ever been. Besides the thing he did with Chuck. Well,
1: the insurance thing. Yeah, that. What about the Howard shit? You don't care about Howard? Eh.
2: I don't know. It's not the no same. One, no me. one cares about Howard. I, I I'd interject a little bit. I think the Howard stuff was pretty inhumane, but like, mm-hmm. I guess comparing it to this episode, like he did the Howard stuff with Kim because they kind of got like a whole personal enjoyment out of it. But, you know, you see him committing the scam or I guess not really a scam, just straight up robbery. And he doesn't really get satisfaction from it. And, you know, I'll talk about this more as we go through the entire episode, but... He doesn't really seem happy with it. It just seems like a way for him to cope with some reopened wounds from the past.
3: Yeah, and it's interesting and I don't want to get into too much, but it seems like it relates to like like his past mistakes and almost like kind of fixing some of his past trauma in his weird way. What do you mean fixing? Because like Walter White has been like the main focus of this episode and it's like hit one of his biggest screw-ups, like his association with him. So it's interesting that like a big part of the story was him trying to open up and do business with a cancer man versus like another one that he's like trying to scam and he literally has no sympathy for or has lost sympathy for and it seems like there's a sense of like fixing i don't know there's a word for it there's a word for it fixing to, good <laughs> fixing good
1: yeah. I thought it was uh, very good. The direction with this episode was, in my opinion, way better than Nippy, you know, uh, less comedic and more serious. We get more depressing Kino and the return of um Paranoia at the beginning and at the end of this episode. Uh, plus, they made the Breaking Bad shit work in a way that makes sense. Also, thankfully, I've been able to forget about Don Harvey's Jeff throughout this episode. <laughs> so, you know i think i yeah. deserve a, an applause for that yeah i'm gonna they, d- they
2: dangled they dangled <laughs> the walter white card in front of you and you completely forgot yeah <laughs> yeah i think i'll just add on to that the, the first time i watched this episode you know uh i know everyone kind of sawed over the cameos but me personally uh i didn't really i'm not gonna say i didn't really care too much but you know i was just satisfied with it but on rewatch you know they kind of you know, use it in a way that advances the story a lot because it's obviously, you know, matching parallels with bad decisions he's made in the past and bad decisions that he's making in the future. I would say mostly yes,
0: but one of the scenes I would argue doesn't really do that. Uh, Are you talking about the cold open? Uh, Well, yeah, but like the Walter White and Jesse stuff feels kind of thrown in. I'm guessing mainly to set up more important appearances next
2: episode from them. You know what? I'm gonna agree with you there. You can kind of see, like with the with the other scenes where he's talking to Mike, and we'll yeah, get the into Mike this. one.
0: Yeah. yeah, the Mike one was really good, and also him at the end going into the school. Those ones are obvious. Yeah, parallels, I, but the Walt one just feels kind of like we have to put them in
3: somewhere. Maybe they just wanted to put Jesse in somewhere. I think that scene made sense because that was again the first time they like had that. Official meeting, right? Like where they talked about decisions, like in terms of like uh making deals. Like, didn't Walt said like he was gonna give him like eighty k or something? But um, yeah, a lot of it is like fluff, definitely fan service fluff, but at the same time, it is setting up stuff. So I didn't mind it much.
0: Yeah, a lot of my current criticisms with like this and the last episode, my current story rejection will depend entirely on how it goes in the last two episodes, like. If they fuck it up at the end then this, this these episodes are gonna feel worse.
1: But if they stick the landing then all will be forgiven. So what I'm what I'm hearing is that uh Jeff been the main villain. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> that is definitely not what I'm saying. I guess this is a, a good segue to the opening
0: scene, right? Yeah, um did anyone on earth expect um them to actually like do this? The whole recreate thing from Soul's perspective. I guess it was kind of obvious that they were going to do that. I didn't think they were going to do this specific scene, though. Yeah,
3: I I thought it was wonderful that they did it from, like, a different type of perspective. Like, we got Mm -hmm. to see, like, seconds before he says, like, the iconic lines. First watch, I didn't
2: really expect them to, I guess, recreate the scene. I guess I was more expecting them to make new scenes. But, like Dan said, I'm pretty happy with this overall because... We see a new point of view, you know, how terrifying it was for him. You can see him panicking with everything, muttering different phrases in Spanish about how Avogadro. he has money. Yeah, exactly. Before he says those... Mucho de dinero. Also, I think um, they mainly did this
0: recreation cold open thing because they wanted to have that scene later on when they're in the RV. But they couldn't just have that. So they need to set it up with the cold open. So that's why it's there. And just because it's cool, I guess. The music was pretty scary in that. Yeah, the music was fucking awesome. (laughs) They were going hard for no reason there.
1: Yeah, as soon as I saw the first frame, I knew immediately uh, when this flashback took place. But I also thought, uh, what else can they add from this scene without it being fanservice-y? But both um, the opening and the later RV scene is done to set up the visual connection of the office scene where Saul gives birth to the idea of escalating walter's businesses uh into new levels you know paralleling into what he's doing with jeff and tall jeff with the dog it gives the people who's never seen breaking bad an idea into what happened between saul walt and jesse and uh how saul got from the breaking bad timeline into the gene era with like new footage uh to please both sides of the fandom
0: i feel like they They were trying to give non-Breaking Bad viewers, like, some indication of what was going on, but they didn't really give enough info. But at the same time, if they did do more, like, actually showing more of, like, the meeting between Walt and Saul and whatnot that we actually saw in Breaking Bad, like, it would have just felt irrelevant for people who have seen Breaking Bad, so...
3: Also, another thing is, uh, can we talk about the new opening? Because nobody has really talked about it like that, but... Well, yeah, what I I couldn't even... Couldn't even figure out what that footage was
0: supposed to be. Isn't... Yeah,
3: it it was like when it starts, like it's very like uh, it's messed up, and then it cuts into the black and white version of the videotape. Mm-hmm. But the font is the new font, and then when it goes out to black,
0: you can briefly see like the crossroad shot for a second. So I'm thinking, um, I I, I haven't scanned through the entire episode. But I'm pretty. I'm thinking the main black and white shot during the intro it might just be some random shot from the episode it kind of looked like the chi machine thing but i'm not sure
3: i thought the footage was just reused from the intro like the original intro
0: they're going for something with those intros and we'll have to see how that pans out maybe um next episode it'll, instead of a crossroad it'll be like a quick flash of like kim's feet because mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> next episode is the solo kim episode um should we move on to Francesca
2: living with like two stone losers or whatever. yeah Francesca the goat like tenants or something what were they yeah I think they're like tenants I think she's supposed to be some sort of landlord I guess maybe yeah I mean they do they do complain that they pay rent and that she just can't leave you know but they also call her for maintenance purposes so Mm -hmm. I'm not really really sure what the relationship is there but I guess it's not supposed to be important yeah i don't think we're gonna see those two quirky characters again
1: uh i do think she's a landlord i mean isn't that what landlords sometimes do like they come in and like fix stuff
2: i don't think landlords personally like come down and try to plunge sinks but you mm-hmm. know maybe she's just a different type of landlord i don't know it, it
1: it is a pretty small apartment
2: and then she sees the time and uses that as an excuse to get out of it because she
0: has to go pick up that fucking phone but they set up in quite a ride at long last
1: yeah and everybody uh was like for years they were like theorizing who could it be is it like kim howard or or you know i mean or bill oakley i guess or cliff main son but nope it's just jimmy
2: who thought it was cliff main son you know uh i was gonna say i was wondering is that supposed to be the phone call i mean it probably is but like yes you know in quite a ride he's saying say jimmy sent you and no that was in regards to
0: the um he like gave her like a number for a lawyer and that was when he said the jimmy sent you thing. so that's like not the phone. oh it's not related to the phone call and we mm-hmm. we still don't know who that is i guess it's just cliff Maine or someone it's probably I mean... not bill oakley because she oh yeah goat oakley
2: no it's probably not him though because because I mean... jimmy didn't know that he's now a lawyer and he yeah at the and time. it seemed like she didn't really know until she passed by one of his signs that he's the defense lawyer now
3: yeah and he's also gay it seemed like they had calls... They've called each other before. Did it? It's... I don't know. It kind of seemed like that to me. Like, because it... The Gene stuff was like, what? How many years after Quite a Ride? Or Ozymandias? Whenever it happened?
1: Only a couple months. Yeah, because like Jesse was in prison for like eight months or something. And then this takes place like a month after. Uh, Walter dies and Jesse uh, goes to Alaska.
0: Well, it has to be within a year because when Gene leaves... When, when Jimmy leaves and tells Francesca to call, he says... Where you're going to be on November 12th or whatever the date is, he doesn't specify what year, so it has to be that year.
2: So November 2010 or October. Yeah, yeah, 2010. Yeah, I couldn't really get a grasp on it. Like there was a certain, I guess, sense of familiarity. It kind of made it seem like they've had numerous calls, but I mean, I think the obvious, I think the obvious implication is that this is the first time, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But yeah congrats to bill oakley man holy
1: shit he became a lawyer
0: he's followed in soul's footsteps and took took his place you know
1: yeah i thought that was pretty epic one of my favorite parts of this episode was seeing what happens to him
0: yeah and it sets up bill oakley defending soul in the finale we can add oakley now to the new dream team of like kim Aaron, brill omar <laughs> cetera, howard
2: defending defending jimmy in the finale howard zombie uh, it was kind of it was kind of good to get an update on Skylar, I guess, you know. If We got updates on fucking everyone shit. Yeah, uh, you know. Yeah, basically. And I guess uh, in this time, we didn't necessarily see Gene's reaction to Walt dying. He kind of already knew in this one. Well, yeah, he probably watches the news. Would,
0: some of the things, like, she gets updates. Like, did he really not know that Skylar got a plea deal? Or was she just saying that for
3: the hell of it? Yeah, I, I'm not sure about that, to be honest. I mean, wasn't that news pretty big? Like, the Walt family? Like, everything around that?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was pretty
3: big, yeah. I mean, dude was like the most wanted, like, drug lord or whatever. I do wonder what deal Skyler got,
2: because, you know, even though Walt died and, you know, Walt Jr. got the money in Breaking Bad, I mean, he never was really in custody. So, I feel like it was natural that the DEA, or more like the federal government, would just go after Skyler. Yeah, well, now,
0: because Skyler got a deal by... So, we now know that they dug up Hank and Gomez's bodies because she gave him the ticket or whatever so skylar got out so now they're just looking for like literally anyone which is why they're like targeting they're like trailing francesca
3: okay but real fans real fans know that in american greed they confirmed this wait do they they confirmed that the, how they found hank and gomez's like they found their dead bodies there i it was interesting that they said they found uh in the news like she was like oh they found jesse's car in like a border or something and I was like, wait, so what is that referring to specifically? It's referring to, uh, I think, Skinny Pete driving his car. Badger. Oh,
1: Badger, my boy Badger. Oh, dude.
2: all right. It was Badger. It was Badger. Uh Badger. He drove it. You remember the plan in El Camino? He drove Jesse's car and then Jesse, you know, took one of their cars.
1: True. Yeah, the feds think that's where Jesse went into hiding in Mexico. And, you know, they'll always be looking for him uh, there instead of anywhere else in America. So Badger's that's a like real Nacho. one. Nacho's dead,
0: bro. Yeah,
1: he's <laughs> dead. You know, I've been waiting since 2015 for updates on what happens to the Breaking Bad characters, especially Skyler, Walt Jr. and Huel. And it was uh one of the main reasons why I started Better Call Saul because I saw that they show like four to five minutes of what happens after Breaking Bad through Gene. Now we don't uh, hear about Walt Jr. because uh, this is only a month after Felina and El Camino, so it hasn't been like his birthday yet. And I think they wanted to keep if he got Walter's money a secret because that's like the only thing we don't know that will still get people talking, I guess. I kind um, of
2: I kind of assume he already got the money or he is getting the money,
3: you know. Okay, none of this matters. Let's talk about Huel. Huel got out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He oh, back home
0: in New Orleans. And Kubi is is nowhere. Kubi's too busy being on The Mandalorian. Kubi's too busy starring in flop TV shows.
1: It sucks so much how, the, you know, we only get a name drop for Kubi. He was like, Definitely one of the characters I expected to see more throughout the show, like Huel. And they ended up, you know, cucking themselves by writing Bill Burr until like season five. And that's when a personal problem came up and he couldn't do it. So they just gave it to Mr. GTA 5 instead. You know, Mr.
2: (laughs) Mr. X, yeah, the go.
1: Yeah. You know, I'm I'm still hoping that in the next episode we get one one QB scene. It's It's never happening.
2: Yeah, I
0: don't think that's happening. (laughs) Damn it. And um we also kinda got we got um a price mentioned somewhat Did we, we? Oh Danny, right? Danny Yeah, and and then uh Gould or Schnauze or someone confirmed in an interview afterwards that Danny, the laser tag guy, is indeed Price. We just didn't get to see him. Yeah, what? Daniel, Daniel Wormhold,
3: right? Yeah. yeah, Daniel Wormhold. The goat. Really?
1: You know, shouldn't Price be in jail since he is an accomplice uh you know, part of the laundering Saul's money? Francesca
0: mentioned that they got the laser tag and all of other Saul's money laundering places, so Price is probably doing time right now. They
1: even, oh, uh, man. They even
2: got his fucking overseas bank accounts. Yeah, they it's got all of, crazy. of it.
1: Crazy. You think we might see uh, Price in the finale? You know, like Saul's in jail, and then there's like a next <laughs> shot of, of him just sitting right next to the Price.
0: Yeah, the last line is him saying, Hey, it's me, Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> and then most importantly, um,. Francesca mentions that fucking Kim called up to mm-hmm. ask what was going on after the whole Ozymandias thing, and she even asked about Jean, which makes him very happy. Maybe
1: I was very excited to see Kim be mentioned uh, in this episode. You know, we need Kim back. You know, she she was the one who carried this whole show,
2: dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: So people in German translated the uh, what what Jean says to to Kim. And vice versa, I think. Uh, Do you guys have that translation?
0: And also someone like um, managed to isolate Saul's like dialogue. And like, you can actually hear him saying some of the stuff. He's talking about how like, he's talking about how he doesn't want to turn himself in and some other shit. The point is that he is talking to Kim on the phone and some people, aka Dan, thought he was not talking to Kim.
1: It wasn't just me, bro i saw lots of people think that kim has cancer and that's why gene got pissed but the german <laughs> translation which was louder than the english one disproves that but uh now i'm wondering how Saul and kim will ever meet again since they are in even worse terms now right so yeah i
2: think anyone who was kind of expecting a i guess a happy ending where they end up together was kind of fooling themselves H-N? i was expecting that like before the season started yeah, no, no. We expected a reunion, but you know, you, people like Sinbad were saying it, like they want, like uh, they were gonna write a, a corny type. It was happy just saying reunion. that
3: because HN wanted that, or HN kind of wanted that, and then and then Sinbad was just like saying that just out of pure cynicism. No, I thought I it. thought it was, I thought it was on the cards until like I mean the you know, it, it was the on episodes. the cards, but I don't know. I guess this episode kind of reminded
2: me how sort of tragic everything is, and this is kind of. Par for the yeah. course you know a happy ending just seems out of the stratosphere right now yeah i still do think that kim and
3: soul won't meet face to face until like the very end of the last episode i mean next episode is called um what's it called waterworks waterworks yeah. so and that's related to the sprinkler company so i well, mean we
2: it's to that. imagine this dude goes all the way to florida just
0: to get cucked my, I'm, assu- I'm assuming that next episode, either cold open or somewhere in it, we'll see that call from Kim's perspective.
2: Yeah, or we'll just kind of hear it while he's in the phone
3: booth.
0: You know like
3: what? That. I hope HN's idea is actually correct, because that would be a really good way of like reusing or showing that scene again, just from a different perspective.
0: Well, yeah, it'll establish what Kim's up to. We'll get to soy face at Kim's back, and then we'll get to hear what was in the phone call, even though we already know what was in the phone call. I am so intrigued to see how Kim's going to look, if she's going to look like a lot
2: different. Or she'll just look the same?
3: you will just have shorter hair. I wonder
2: what she does at the sprinkler company. Sell sprinklers, I guess. Does she sell them? Does she make them?
3: <laughs>
2: I don't know. It's not important, but, you know. Kim selling sprinklers montage next episode? Makes a lot of sense for, I guess, Kim to be very angry at Jimmy for calling her. I mean, he's a fugitive, and hmm. she had her run with Lalo and Howard getting murdered. She kind of learned her lesson from all of that, and... She's probably pretty disappointed and angry that, you know, one, Jimmy never learned his lesson. And two, he's taking a huge risk and probably going to implicate her if he keeps trying to contact her.
3: See, my thing was that I didn't think he was calling Kim because I did. It just did not make sense to me that like there doesn't seem to be a reaction of like joy or anything. It was just like talking, talking, talking and then anger out of nowhere. But then now Mm. that you frame it like that, it does make more sense in hindsight.
0: Well, he, he might, no, but Dan, you have to, he might be happy, but she probably definitely isn't. So she's immediately like, what are you doing and stuff? And he no, gets that's a real awakening. It makes sense. That's why it makes
3: yeah. sense for what Atreus is saying.
1: Yeah. If I directed that scene, I will have had it where like the scene just slowly turns into color when Saul is uh, calling Kim, but then it just reverts back into black and white.
3: Good thing you did not direct it.
1: Damn it. <laughs> The more we
3: talk about, like, him meeting Kim and then it becomes in color, I'm starting to think it's just not going to happen. Yeah, I don't even know if it's going to turn into fucking color. Yeah, I remember was. when everyone
2: was thinking that the gene timeline was going to be color. It will at some point, actually. Yeah, probably in the finale or maybe end yeah. of next episode, but I mean... I think, like, the very like very last shot. I was expecting it to be color from the get-go in season
0: six. Well, I think the, the reason is we're still, like, bouncing back and forth. But yeah, the yeah,
2: no, definitely. This is just uh, me with my silly preseason predictions.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. or maybe yeah.
2: those pretentious right uh, writers. I just really like black and white, you know. <laughs> True.
1: You know, uh Francesco said that Walter's death only made it worse for the surviving uh, low-level players who remained in the empire, but who's still alive that is in Heisenberg's business? Kirby, keel Yeah,
2: Francesca. I mean, Hugh will probably still gets his shit opened. Uh, Francesca. I, um, soul Fr- mentioned Ira as well. Yeah. yeah. Was someone involved. And you know, Francesca notes that you know her phone's tapped and everything. Her mail gets opened all the time. Like mm. even even months after the whole Heisenberg thing, you know, after they found uh, you know Hank's body and everything, they're still suffering the consequences of it at all because
0: they haven't been able to like fully apprehend
2: anyone yet, and they need to. They want to apprehend someone
0: yeah exactly mainly soul is probably that is definitely their top target point is gene gets very mad he smashes the fucking phone again he has a little temper tantrum someone's gonna have to replace that glass on the phone booth
1: oh yeah isn't that same gas station uh the one from breaking bad where like uh jesse's like selling like his meth to uh this gas station lady and then like hank comes back in and tries to ask about uh jesse and then he looks at like the atm to look for the rv
0: oh 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 you're talking about the phone we're talking about the phone that francesca's Mm at yeah yeah oh maybe i don't don't know they do like to reuse locations i bet so
2: obviously the the phone call between uh to call gene and kim it kind of reopens some old wounds obviously some wounds that he can't deal with if he's gene
0: well yeah after this we see gene like he's working at cinnabon remember there's a really long shot where it's just like lingering on him and he's clearly a bit troubled you know which then leads him going off
2: to jeff's house to get things going again you can kind of say that you can kind of link his motivation for starting the scam to I guess, you know, the money prospect because he just kind of lost all of his shell businesses, but it's very obviously clear that he's not getting any sort of uh, pleasure from it. he's not getting any satisfaction the way he pulled camp uh, he pulled scams with uh, Marco and Kim. He's uh, obviously
3: just doing it just to do it. Yeah, um, money's clearly not an issue for him because he still has those diamonds from season 5 and stuff from a bigger perspective it just seems to be cuz he like literally cannot revisit like anything from his past like he lost his money uh he was trying to like you know reconnect with some of people from his past he couldn't do that so now he's going back to the one thing he was good at
2: well, that and- brings up a a question from last week that we talked about do you guys think uh do you guys think that if he'd never called kim if he like never knew that kim was worried about him you mm-hmm. think he would have just given up the salt persona for good now that he got Jeff no. and Buddy off his back?
0: I don't think I don't so. know. I
2: don't know of his point.
3: Probably, probably. I think yeah. so, yeah. I really I think don't. he would have given it up. I don't think so because for me, my interpretation was like always like the end of last episode. It just felt to me like this was just a guy trying to close a lid, but that lid just cannot stay closed forever. And all, all it takes is just something else for it to trigger itself. Which was scam. What I think
0: is, if he didn't have the Kim call, he would not have gone back to Jeff and Buddy for it, but eventually he would have gone back to doing something, some sort of scam stuff. It just would have taken a bit longer.
2: Probably not on the scale of this, right? I mean, this is the morality of this scam, and we can talk about this later on, but the mor- moral aspect of this scam is kind of different from the first one in Nippy. There's not even, like, a shitty ethical
0: justification, like, back in Hit and Run when he was talking to Huel about their reasoning for going after Howard. Like, there's literally nothing like that. It's just being a dick.
1: Oh, yeah. He felt a lot like Walter in this episode.
0: He's even kind of bald with a mustache. Wow. I didn't even think about it like that.
1: You know, uh, this episode really made me hate uh, Gene slash Shaw because it shows us uh, how he hasn't changed after he left Albuquerque and did the heist in Nippy. Because, you know, I thought, you know, he was just trying to get rid of Jeff, you know, with the whole Nippy heist, um, which, you know, I guess he was, but... uh I thought him leaving the suit behind meant to show that he's progressed, but nope, he was quickly, you know, able to just slip right back into the Slip and Jimmy persona. Uh, But now we see it as his coping mechanism as a result of the argument he had with Kim.
2: Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. You know, I I really thought that he was going to maybe let it go, or at least like HN said, you know, he would have continued doing scams down the line, but nothing Hmm. like this, you know, morally at all.
0: I don't think we're on track for the... Saul Goodman re- redemption at this point I think at most we'll get some kind of final thing where he's like damn I'm a real son of a bitch and then he goes to jail or some shit but he's not gonna like be like Walt and like go and like fix try to fix all the things
2: he's done you know I don't think. yeah so. I mean like one Walt already died Jesse's scot-free I think he's the one who has to I guess repent for everything right
3: yeah and it makes sense because he did kind of cause like their empire to like become as big as as big as it is
1: yeah and that was established in this episode
3: i saw someone say on uh, reddit or somewhere that um walt's
0: fate was dying jesse got off scot free he got away so Mm -hmm. it only makes sense for for gene to like go to jail at the end because that would show like the free kind of like endings for someone in like that like
2: criminal life yeah that makes sense yeah. I didn't really think about that until this
3: episode, but. Yeah, i, I'm, I think I'm really championing the uh, jail ending at this point. It kind of reminded me of that like quote in the sopranos it was like uh there's only two endings for like a criminal. It's like you're either dead or in the can, so if he's not dead, then he's probably going to be in prison and uh Mike says something like that later on in this episode where he's like you know
2: a guy like that, or like if the cancer doesn't get him, a bullet in the head or the cops will oh yeah do we, do, we, do we need to talk about? What he actually does at Jeff's house? Uh, Jeff's, I mean, no, there's like a cute little Easter egg in there where he's talking about the whole, the cat videos. He's like, he tells, uh, what's it called? Carol Burnett, you know, it's like, you're hosting America's funniest videos. And that's a little bit of a cute Easter egg because Carol Burnett was one of the first, uh, female hosts for a comedy show. Oh, really? Yeah. That's why she's pretty important. You're reading like trivia pages of this episode or something? Or did you just notice? <laughs> I knew this from last episode. I just noticed it this time.
1: Yeah, a lot of people think that uh, Jeff buying her the computer is what's going to lead to uh, Jean's downfall. You know, how? she's going to look up Saul Goodman and, you know. Oh <laughs> yeah.
0: She's going to watch American Greed.
1: I don't know. That might actually happen. I think that might be how they uh, make that American Greed thing canon.
3: What setting do you think the show will end on? Do you think it'll end in Omaha, Albuquerque, Florida? Where? Uh, I feel like Florida, because like after this episode, I don't
2: see any reason why Kim would go up to Omaha, you
0: know?
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And
0: we absolutely have to have that face-to-face reunion unless unless he does just get arrested in Omaha, uh, Albuquerque, in the last scenes, Kim coming to visit him in prison maybe, but I don't know.
2: I feel a little silly because I think in the first few podcast episodes I was in, I was kind of mentioning how they were setting up Kim to move back home to Nebraska, but obviously that's not the case at all. She's in Florida now.
0: It moved to the exact opposite opposite location.
2: Yeah, <laughs> she's
0: so far away. Well, they said that Kim would suffer a fate worse than death, and I guess living in Florida has got to be up there. Um, I guess we can go into the specifics of the scam, right? Gene's doing some karaoke, which immediately was winner flashbacks. He's not singing for Winner Takes it All Olivo, thankfully.
3: And he uses a different name, Victor.
0: Yeah, Victor from Season 2, Episode 1.
3: Yeah, and he's kind of, kind of
2: uh, appeasing himself to these rich... Well, in this scene, to the to this one rich, arrogant guy who kind of takes the piss out of him and everything.
1: Did anybody else think that that was supposed to be like a replacement for Marco? Like that was like his new best friend or some shit? Or was that just me? <laughs> I think it was just you.
3: I did took it a little more seriously at first. I was like, wait, he just have a new person that he talks to, but then uh as they kept talking i was like okay yeah this is a part of something
2: yeah yeah i was thinking that too i was like uh, what's he doing right now is he just going out in town trying to i guess get drunk to hide his pain from the phone call but you know as it goes on longer you see what he's really doing
0: well yeah once he calls him victor it's obvious he yeah and he's like losing the bets on purpose to get to get him more
2: drunk or whatever Wait, uh, mm-hmm. just just one question: Was Victor the name that he used in Better Call Saul when he was doing the scam with uh, Ken and Kim? Yeah, and Kim was Giselle. Victor. Yeah, okay, I was thinking that just now. Yeah, yeah,
1: and the guy he pranks or trolls is the guy from Home Alone. Did you guys notice that? Wait, is he really? Yeah, the the bully from Home Alone, Buzz. I touched on this a little bit earlier but you know the the
2: moral aspect of this scam is much different from Nippy where you know he's just sending Jeff into a, a department store with no one in it just to rob like dozens of things whereas here he's getting these guys drunk I guess or he's sort of appeasing to them uh, making them feel like on top of the world and then he gets Jeff to just straight up you know drug them and put them to sleep.
0: Well yeah and yeah he's trying to he's like getting him to drink more and then he's pretending to drink by having that like thingy he has under his shirt yeah the mm-hmm. fake little I, di- I I didn't know he, what
2: that was at first until afterwards mm-hmm, like a mario sunshine type shirt and then uh what's it called buddy hops in and he just straight up uh breaking and entering and taking photos of you know the credit cards the ids the medical stuff the financial documents for yeah I literally guess. everything does
0: he just have that dog with him to look less suspicious when he's outside Maybe it's for like alarm purposes. Like the dog would bark is, if he sees. That is yeah, a well-trained
3: why dog. the dog inside the house? Yeah.
1: yeah, that's what I thought. Also, did anybody else get like Mike vibes from this guy, buddy? Because like that's what Mike does in the early seasons. <laughs>
0: <I> think, <laughs> so, yeah, that's
2: kind of kind of what Mike did
0: at um, Chuck's house. He was
2: taking photos yeah. And, like Betsy's place as well. I got more like Jesse vibes from him towards the end, unironically, just the slightest hint of Jesse. But no, actually, yeah. I
3: agree with you with that. Yeah, yeah uh, he has
2: some sort of moral compass well the music during the buddy scene is pretty damn great
0: the music's just been amazing all all season i can't wait for that shit to drop but uh after that we
2: get our first big flashback
0: or i guess our second we get what literally what every bbu user and reddit user on earth has been waiting for walter and uh aaron paul oh my god at first when jesse showed up when the very first thing he said i was like oh no this is so off but the second time i watched it, it wasn't nearly as bad in terms of looks, I think he looks like as good he looks good, like way better than El Camino. He looks
2: so much better than he did in El Camino, yeah. He doesn't then. have a yeah. he doesn't
0: have a he doesn't have a soccer ball face anymore. He's like it's just his voice is
2: so deep, it just throws me off. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of people on Reddit kind of saying that, you know, Bob Odenkirk slips effortlessly back into Saul Goodman, but Aaron Paul doesn't but I kind of disagree with that. It's not about sounding
3: the same. It's just how you act. Right? I, I thought the way he acted was like off as well. It was like he was drunk. Um, No, I mean, no, because like in the scene, it's like they're trying to be like very like nonchalant. They're trying to like, make sure like, you know, Saul doesn't know too much. So J- Jesse, he's not like as energetic, you know,
1: it was also nighttime. And they were like, yeah, digging up a uh that thing for saul you know to yeah put him in. like jesse like was probably
2: broke. tired at that time this is probably as best as he could have looked especially you know it was probably intentional with all the lighting in the rv yeah it was dark as fuck it, it's probably way better than i don't know disney disney's version of this which they would have just made a cgi
3: jesse
1: well actually they didn't a cgi anakin and obi-wan cgi yeah. jesse with the ai voice yeah
3: some people legitimately think like they should just
1: recast like
3: uh, Jesse in that scene. And I'm just like, it's really not that big of a deal to me. It might also be the fact that like uh, Saul and especially Walt are like perfect. Yeah, Walter looks exactly
1: like he was in season two.
3: Here's why it's a bit of an unfair comparison. These are like middle-aged characters played by middle-aged actors, like old actors, right? It's not that hard compared to like a 40-year-old playing a 20-something-year-old
2: honestly this is gonna probably be a bit unpopular but you know i wouldn't have minded a recast what I, I no. of, of been, jesse
3: i wouldn't have really cared that much yeah i mean oh, but man. i'm glad Aaron i would have because i don't think anybody could do jesse better
0: that would have been a hundred billion times more distracting than like
3: a
2: deep
0: voice
3: maybe maybe okay, exactly. that'll, that'll be my hot take of this episode yeah i think this this is like an el camino too but like i feel like when jesse talks in a lower voice he just doesn't sound like himself from Breaking Bad but when he talks in like a higher like he's yelling that's when he sounds like himself in Breaking Bad yeah
0: he just he was just talking quietly the entire time so
2: I mean I'm still really glad Aaron Paul came back to do it and he probably did some work I guess to look more like young Jesse you know I don't know mm. what he did maybe he just lost some of
0: I think that was probably uh, there was probably a lot of makeup as well
2: yeah I mean I heard that he lost weight for
3: Westworld too so Brian Cranston though Jesus amazing And they yeah. got around that whole little ball cap thing by just putting those little ski masks so. <laughs> yeah i wonder though because you can't even see his hair i wonder if that yeah, was next like... ep-
0: next episode he'll be walking around with a heisenberg hat on just so you
3: wait Goody, please we need Goody waltz we need Walt with the full beard please
1: yeah the goat yeah that's what i was waiting for this episode so i was a little I, w- I was just a little disappointed when it was just mustache walter but you know well, we, we still got-, got next
3: episode i will say um i do like how the entire purpose of like this scene was to essentially establish like their entire relationship like, Saul, he kind of figures out, like, oh, you're Heisenberg. And then, like, he's just like, oh, my gosh, like, I, I should be in on this and everything. And then also we get that classic Breaking Bad nostalgia with the Walt and Jesse banter. I'm glad that felt just like Breaking Bad.
2: There's a bit of a sub-purpose to it when uh, Jesse mentions Lalo. We see sort of that a bit of that old trauma reopen up with
3: Saul right there. Holy that was so amazing i was i I was shocked when it was jesse of all people bringing up lalo i didn't even think they'd bring up lalo again yeah i seen i
2: seen some people on tiktok talking about how it felt forced or something but i mean it makes complete sense that this Mm -hmm. dude from the streets and everything he's never heard of lalo but saul's terrified of him he'd obviously be curious
1: yeah, I was waiting for him to say, yeah, Lalo Salamanca, you know, so, you know, Walter and Jesse can like look at each other and be like, oh, we we killed a, or we, we we teamed up with one of his um, cousins or some shit, you know, I think that would. Yeah, have been-
3: glad, glad they didn't do that. that just yeah, been I'm, I'm glad they didn't do that. But it would be funny if like he did say Salamanca and then both of them just look at each other and not say anything.
0: When um Walt turned the keys for the thing and it didn't work, I thought we were in for four days out, part two plus Saul.
1: Yeah, I thought the scene was very good. Uh, my friend uh who was watching it with, uh, he was expecting like way more, but there's still
3: more coming. So unless I just lied. And obviously the best part of the whole scene when uh Walt's coughing comes back, and by the way, I don't know how he he got the cough perfectly right. It sounds just like Breaking Bad. Just seeing Saul's reaction to that, and then obviously that plants an idea in his head like. Yeah, I should probably help this guy out in my own tiny sympathetic brain way. Um, I don't think it was really sympathy, I'm not gonna lie. No, it is, because he literally did not have to stick with him. Like obviously it was for the money, but him having cancer played a role. The only role it played was him wanting him to cook faster so they can make yeah,
2: the it. Yeah, I was. don't really see much sympathy in Saul's mind when he sees Walter. Bro, I- I think he just his, mostly... reaction. his reaction to when he saw walt coughing
1: and then like, i mean him
2: realizing that he had cancer afterwards i mean yeah he's probably shocked by it but i don't think he does it because you know he knows this guy's gonna leave the earth soon he obviously he's probably
0: just obviously doing it for not morning. but like
3: yeah. it's, I, there's some level of sympathy there that's
0: just my plus point. whenever walt's cancer is brought up in season two of breaking bad with Saul, Saul's always just like oh man like we could have made so much more money you know he,
3: I don't think there's, I don't think sympathy is playing much of a role at all. I mean, the fact that he literally chose Heisenberg over, like, literally anybody else. I don't know. That kind of does say something about... Well, wh- what do you mean
2: anybody else? Who else is cooking 99%? Literally
3: what Mike... Well, when Mike was, like, recruiting those listeners... Okay, we should probably get there. Or we'll, when we get there, we'll talk about it.
0: After, after they fucking drive off, there's this crazy-ass transition where it's, like, the grave and then Jean's in the grave and it's the bed. He's
3: in bed he and Lalo. for a split fucking set. Yeah, I thought it was going to be fucking Lalo. <laughs> oh My goodness, bro. I was so shook. I was like, no way they're doing Lalo. Yeah, we're going to cut to Lalo's decomposing buddy.
2: I mean, later on when we get that, the next scene after this, which is like kind of a, another montage of the scam and everything, you kind of note these directorial choices. Like when he's putting the drugs or the barbiturates in the water
3: bottles and you see the corners, like each of the corners of the screen, there's like a hand i mean if we're gonna talk about directing choices there there has been a lot of like fade to other scenes like has the show dissolves. had this many fade-ins yeah see out? that's what i was
2: thinking this episode in particular just kind of feels like
0: differently like directed. a
3: classic movie almost kind of in yeah way. the last the
0: last time i remember was that marco montage in the season one finale there was a lot of dissolves sam raimi core yeah, during that montage there's a part i don't know if you guys noticed where they have like all the like id cards laid out and one of them has thomas snails on it Oh, really? Really? Like his, just his, his photo. Yeah. It was <laughs> yeah. like right in the middle of a screen. I saw it immediately. Uh, like, soy he faced up a screen and then it cut.
2: They're just shoving him in anyway. He's on cheese. He's on fucking ID cards. And during this, uh, what's it called? This montage. Well, shortly before the montage, you see him by the little foot thing, the swing master. Yeah. And then, you know, as we go on further in the montage, as he keeps scamming people, we see, you know, Buddy and Jeff enjoying themselves, counting the money, going to the strip club. You can just see Gene in the back of both scenes, kind of in the dark. And he's not really enjoying himself at all he's just kind of staring into space oh but also he's like getting more of that like parts of that Saul Goodman
0: personality back like he's sleeping with hookers and shit and then later on he even has a bluetooth earpiece in
2: yeah yeah exactly but I don't think he's really enjoying it you know what I mean I don't think he's really getting any pure satisfaction from it I think he's just doing I don't know but yeah after that montage
0: we see his next victim which is a guy with cancer oh no
3: <gasps> Walter
0: and and during that scene like It does look like Gene's
3: sympathetic for a moment and maybe he is, but then he doubles down on it anyway. His sympathy was kind of like reminiscent of like him reacting to like Walt coughing in the flashback, but it almost felt like he wanted to have the opposite reaction because he didn't want to repeat that mistake he did with like working with Walt. But in doing so, he becomes almost like Heisenbergian in that type of way. Heisenbergian is that the new Lynchian?
0: Yeah, let's go. Heisenbergian. You can have new words now. Coining, coining a Hell new yeah. term. Gene sends him off into the Jeff's taxi anyway, and then we get the return of Egghead Mike himself. We we're wearing <laughs> his fucking sunglasses from that one episode, the first episode he was introduced in. <laughs> sunglasses look so funny, man. They looks. I swear to God, they're like crooked on him. I guess around that time, Mike was just wearing sunglasses, and then immediately after, decided to stop wearing them.
1: You know, it's crazy how I don't know if you if if this was like your reaction, but. I was kind of excited when Mike showed up, which is weird. Yeah, it's like he's well the well. second main character of the show, but it was... I know. mean, did
0: any of you guys see that Jonathan Banks' name was in the
2: credits start? Because I did.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I, wasn't I really did. I was really paying attention
2: to the credits.
0: Yeah, I did as well, but really I
1: was
2: still surprised. But, uh, I'm always glad to see more Saul and Mike interaction. Yeah, I'm really
0: glad mm-hmm. that wasn't the last of Mike we saw because I really wanted Mike and Saul in Breaking Bad times. And, and we see that... This is basically
2: what I wanted. You know, we see yeah. that they're still working quite a bit together. Like, I know some people were saying that Mike kind of holds resentment for him. But uh, yeah, I mean, but it still seems like they work a lot together. Like Mike's basically reporting on four different people that
3: he was sent to investigate for Saul. I feel like they have like a they have like a rapport going. I think HN kind of he kind of like said it perfectly like a few episodes ago, like how Mike only like kind of tolerates him because like they have shared history. No, but I feel I feel like they have they have like they have like some level of like chemistry with each other, yeah. some type of respect. But like, yeah,
0: I just I'm kind of mad they have just glossed over the fact that Mike told Kim about the Lilo thing and not Saul. I guess it doesn't really matter, but I just wanted to see that. Like, but yeah, I I, I, I like this Mike scene way more than the Walt scene, honestly. What happens next? Uh, we we're back in the. Yeah, Gene's chilling at home. He gets a call from Jeff, and it's a very distressing call, it seems. So then he runs off to Jeff's house, and him and Buddy are making quite a ruckus outside because a dog keeps barking about alerts at Marion's attention. I saw um, some people say that um, Marion, uh, you know, she'll like find out about Saul in some way, and married will be Saul's downfall. So an elderly woman will be Saul's downfall as karma for the Irene thing. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I didn't even think about it like that. That would be awesome. Well, and just, just like his whole like elder law thing is like, oh my God, elders were the thing that brought Saul down in the very... Dog early. was just
2: barking because it can sense that Gene is
0: evil now. You think that's what, you think that's what they were going for? No, it's
2: just, it's just some bullshit I made up, but... But well, uh, that
0: dog was very well behaved before, so it seems weird for it to be barking now,
2: so... Yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the first time I watched this scene where they're in the garage... Mm -hmm. The whole Gene saying, you know, you think guys with cancer can't be assholes. I speak from experience. It felt a little forced the first time I watched it. But second Mm. time I watched it, I guess it makes more sense because this isn't really Gene anymore. He's kind of Saul now. And he's, you know, Saul's quite the quipster anyways. I mean, it could just be a way of him reminding them of who he's been involved with.
1: Yeah, this whole scene reminded me of uh, season five when Jesse tried to, like, leave the game, but Walter kept, like, uh, hooking, uh, kept trying to, like, persuade him to join back into oh, yeah, the business. Yeah, it was the
3: Same My Name episode. And yeah. that was by Thomas Schnauss too. This
2: whole argument kind of makes it clear that Gene's not doing it. I mean, we kind of already knew, but it kind of just says it pretty bluntly here when Buddy says, hey, we got all this money. Let's just not scam this. Let's just not rob this one guy tonight. And Gene says, no, we're going to go through with it and you know jeff being a, a filthy centrist during the whole thing <laughs> i can kind of see both sides
1: oh yeah did you guys notice how uh gene says uh, not your call like mike
2: uh i didn't make the mic connection when does mike say that
1: he says that a lot on the show he's like not your call Oh, or like he says
2: not it to Werner <laughs> before he murders him
3: once again doing Here. that wall thing where like after the villains die he just says stuff that they say doesn't no, he... what's ha- no, what's happening is gene is merging the Saul
2: goodman persona the walter white persona and the mike persona b- to become the ultimate sigma and then we we obviously got to touch on the very cool transitions between breaking bad era and uh the gene era yeah that was so cool like when he closed the door of
0: jeff's car and then cut to him closing the door of the um caddy uh going to walt's house go not walt's house not going to the school was a major fuck up, and so obviously going to this guy's house was also going to be a major fuck up.
1: Yeah, it's like trying to show us that he's about to sign a deal with the devil, and that's you know, which is going to lead to his ultimate downfall.
0: And also walking down that bad choice road again, you know. Bad choice road has to be one of the most like important episodes at this point in terms of like.
2: Yeah, because there's so many quotes in it. The parallels the entire episode are there that he's he's have he has a history of making bad choices, but this one in particular, it's kind of implying that. Going to this guy's house is about to be the worst choice he's ever made since I guess going to Walt's high school.
1: Yeah, and both uh, Mike and Buddy uh, told them not to do, not to go uh, and do business with uh, these folks. The moral know.
0: of the story is literally everyone needs to listen to Mike's advice. Everyone disregarded it, and everyone is dead now. And you know who did take Mike's advice? Jesse by going to Alaska, and he he's he's doing pretty good now. So, oh
3: wow. True.
0: The ending for this episode was so abrupt. I was so pissed off. In a good- yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah but they, they really got me hooked in, and, and uh, you know they just ended the episode like that. You know.
0: But yeah, do we think this teaser is fuckery, or do you think? I. I mean, well, it has to be right. I mean, the police are definitely going to that house. The question is, if, is Jean still going to be there when we get there? Pers- personally, I don't see. I don't see Jean getting arrested now. Unless the entire last two episodes were about his, like, trial or whatever, which would be fucking awesome, but I I just don't see it happening at this point. It doesn't seem like a trajectory they're aiming for.
2: It's honestly kind of surreal we're already at the penultimate episode. It feels like just
0: just a few days ago we were talking about Funny Howard and Akash shenanigans. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Did they play that stupid little jingle again? I, I forgot. If they no, did it was or... like the
0: same credits music as last episode.
1: You know, when we first saw Jeff in season four, he's like staring at the mirror, like all menacingly to Gene. And then in this episode, he's doing the same thing, but he's like scared.
0: I hope new Jeff has a happy ending. I hope he drives off into the sunset like, like Jesse
1: i saw a lot of people on reddit say that uh gene in the next episode he's gonna kill somebody and they think uh he's gonna kill marion no well i kind of think he's gonna get into
2: a bit of a violent interaction with the cancer patient maybe i mean i think there could
0: be room for like some kind of scene where sorghum Goodman like he finally actually murdered someone because that never he's never murdered someone directly it could be like a big moment. Okay, um, I would like to talk about, I think um at least Rez or Dan has seen this, but um, I saw a theory on Reddit for how the show will end and it's in very intriguing. So you know how this episode, they have these parallels of the Breaking Bad stuff, like what's Gene's doing parallels what he did in the past in Breaking Bad. Yeah. So yeah. the way this show will end is the last scene will be some Breaking Bad scene of Saul doing something and we'll be left to interpret how that will affect um
3: Gene in gene timeline but we won't know for sure i really want them to do something like completely out of left field like i don't want the ending to just be like he goes to jail but like there is nothing else to it like i want there to be other stuff to think about
0: i think in, in it like a somewhat ambiguous ending is like definitely gonna happen although i don't think i would honestly like that
1: entirely
3: yeah soprano's ending what's going on in the next episode is kim in the next episode yeah kim there's gonna be some kim focus at the very least
1: uh i don't think we're gonna see kim anymore until well i mean we are gonna see kim but not until like the finale so why is it called waterworks then
2: i mean i don't Uh, know i
1: think we see her
2: phone call from her perspective that's what i think maybe gene makes the drive to florida next episode trying to outrun the cops from whatever happens at the cancer patient's house
0: you think they might do like gene drives all the way to florida rocks up at Kim's house, he looks through her window and sees her having a happy life with her family. <laughs> and then, so he's just sad, so he just turns himself in. That's oh such a gosh. creepy thing, though. <laughs> it's so he like, looks through a window and she's living a happy life with uh, Ken Wins. Um, final rating slash whatever. Uh,
3: Dan, out of 10, out of whatever. Once again, my favorite episode of 6B and probably the best since 607. Damn, okay. Uh, Rez?
2: Uh first time I watched it, it was like a 9, but I think it's more of like a... I guess a 10 it's pretty arbitrary i love the episode but i still think 609 is better uh cooper 10 out of 10 uh best of this season or whatever uh
1: no the best of the season is still plan and execution
0: yeah um i'd say it's like a 9 out of 10 i guess i i i originally had nippy at a 9 but i lowered it to an 8 because i guess i'm a hater but like there's like several episodes from this season that i like more but out of just like 6b i would say
2: fun and games is better and also point and shoot yeah i mean it's pretty it's pretty awesome that anyone can name most of these episodes as their favorite and it's valid you know
0: so that's all we have to say about season six episode 11 of medical soul breaking bad we'll be back next week to discuss the penultimate episode waterworks thanks for watching slash listening